Hi all, Double G from Fight Game Media here, letting you know that we have a sister podcast feed to the one you're listening to right now. Mike Gilbert and J.D. Oliva have been doing a podcast called Brace for Impact, which is now on a free feed of its own. You can search for Brace for Impact in your podcast player or check out the link in the show notes. And if you want more Brace for Impact, you can find more from Mike and J.D., on our Patreon. Welcome everyone to Ticket Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca. I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I sure did. It was a lot of fun with my family. Um, really tired, busy two full days. Um, you know, the Thanksgiving course is on th- Thursday, but you know how the holidays happen. It kind of bleeds over to the next day. And Friday was the day I usually record take it home podcast, but my wife and I were up late on Thursday night. She was all like so much energy and I was ready to chill after everyone left and the kids went to bed. And she's like, I want to put up the Christmas tree. And so we were up to like 1 and 1.30. And so by Friday came out, we were just both exhausted because in our house, we do the elf on the shelf. And my kids know that on, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, the elf shows up, right? And so they were up. They went to bed late on Thursday. They woke up early to find this damn elf. And so, of course, that woke us up because they're like, they found it. They were so excited and they want to show, want us to go see. And, and we were just like exhausted on Friday. And then we had family come over um, later that day. Um, you know, uh, the kids' cousins came over and they, they all played in the backyard. It was a lot of fun, man, just being around family and having some great laughs. But like, we were just, my wife and I were wiped out. And the kids were wiped out too. They were the bed like right away on Friday night. And I was like, all go, I got everything out ready to start ta- taping the Take It Home podcast. And yeah, I was hanging with the wife or watching a little TV. She turned in early and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go record. But I want to finish this show first. And, by, and all I remember is saying that and waking up in the same position I was in the fan room and all the lights are on at 2 30 in the morning i'm like holy cow right and i was like oh man i forgot to take the show it's gonna be delayed now it's kind of bummed but then i was like dude i'm tired i'm going i'm going to sleep i'm not even gonna to try to record at freaking 2 30 in the morning so i apologize for the show being out a day or two late than i expected but i'm i'm here now and i'm energized i'm excited to talk about this sh- you know this this the show I'm gonna cover, the matches I'm gonna cover on this show. Uh, this was a lot of fun to kind of watch some modern wrestling today, um, or like last couple days, excuse me, because you know with the fight game podcast on the Wrestling Observer Network, you know Garrett had a special show at Jim Valley, so we were just like, I well for me I was like, dude, I'm not even gonna watch NXT. I'm not gonna watch AW Dynamite. I'm gonna just do like a full day, a few days, whatever it was, uh, about what three days actually total of just like you know what, no wrestling. I'm gonna catch up on older shows, just 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 anything but wrestling. I don't want to see anything in, in wrestling. I'll talk about wrestling if people want to text me about wrestling or whatever. Chime in on the Fight Game Media Facebook group, but I'm not gonna watch. Anything. 
wrestling. I don't want to see any wrestling until uh, I want figure out what I want to cover for the Take It Own podcast on Friday. So that's what I did. And so what I'm going to cover on this show is the much talked about, the much uh, uh, praised match between Joey Janela and Nick Wayne from Defy. Defy Wrestling up in Seattle, they do a great job. Matt Matt Farmer and his crew, like I said, they do a great job. Great talent up there. Great shows. Great crowds, as we'll talk about with this match here. And as a surprise for their fan base, because you know a lot of the fans just love this match, Defy end up putting up the Nick Wayne and Joe Janela match on their YouTube page. So, so I was like, okay, cool. I'm definitely going to cover that for the Take It Home podcast because a lot of people were on our Facebook group were talking about it. And it's just was, you know, praised, you know, the last few days since it, since it happened on November 20th. And I started thinking about what I was going to cover for the rest of the show. I was thinking maybe I'd do, you know, go do a little retro, do a little like Starcade, little Thanksgiving theme kind of deal, or maybe Survivor Series, or maybe another older show that took place around November because, you know, Thanksgiving was the biggest night of wrestling from like the, you know, the 80s, the 70s and 80s. So I was thinking something like that. But then I thought like, you know what? I saw MLW had a show that, that aired on Thanksgiving. NXT UK had a show. Well, they always have a show on Thursdays, and they had a, you know, and I was and I was already a week behind on NXT UK, so I thought it'd be a good time to t- take advantage of get caught up on NXT UK. And from what I saw on that show, I was like, man, I gotta talk about it on Take It Home podcast. So, but first things first, let's talk about the Joey Janela versus Nick Wayne match from Defy took place on November twentieth. Um, you know, Nick Wayne, I, I this is like probably this first match that I really saw like bell to bell i'm pretty sure this was the first match i've seen extended clips and this kid is good you know the son of late buddy wayne his dad was really good a great trainer and also just so damn good in the ring um you know he was one of my favorites to watch as the enhancement talent when he would be on wftv or wwtv um and also back in 1997 when i was tape trading um, I got taste of Championship Wrestling USA, Sandy Bars promotion, the longtime referee of uh, Don Owens. He started his deal up, and they had like a local access show with Matt Bourne and um, Colonel Beers and Buddy Wayne and you know some local that does Dane Rush and a few, you know a few other guys, right and. And I, I I enjoyed the show. It was like a you know ter- old territory type show, um, local talent, and the highlight of the show was Buddy Wayne and Colonel Beers as a tag team. It they just work great together. De Beers obviously older, but he can you know pick his spots with the tag team, and Buddy Wayne did all the work, right? So I remember, it, of course, back that's 1997 when I started APW as a volunteer and. And, and, you know, Roland would always ask for, who should we bring in? And he would even ask the audience, like, who should we bring in? And and I was like, you got to bring in Buddy Wayne and Colonel Beers. They're such a great team. They would have great matches with, you know, Michael Modest and Donna Morgan and Aaron O'Grady, who's end up, you know, eventually becoming, you know, Crash Holly in the WWF. You know, they're just good. And, and, and Roland would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I back then I didn't understand, like, 
how much things cost and how much it was to travel and, and Roland was just working. Like I remember, God, we always used to give Roland shit about this for years. Cause I remember one time at a gym wars, which is the shows we would have out in front of the, uh, you know, at the school, it was like, it held like at the most legally, like 75 people or, you know, we cram more in and they'd filter out the, the, they had a roll up door and filter out the roll up door. Um, and I remember like when AP, APW was starting to get really hot. I remember Roland was like in the ring and he's like, Oh, we're negotiating with a lot of great talent. He, and like, I forget who we all listed, but at the end he came to like, and Kenta Kobashi and we're like, ah, oh, fuck you. <laughs> like, bring a Kenta Kobashi in this place. Right. It was just like, it was, we always get Roland crap for that. He just laughed. Cause you know, we're in this little garage in Hayward, California and, I don't think Kenda Kabashi is going to come through here, which is funny because back in uh, 2000, Misawa and um, a few others from Noah, they came through to watch a special tryout. And that's how Michael Modest, Alvin Morgan, Johnny France, um, all got, and Bison Smith all got uh, uh, signed for Noah. Of course, Johnny didn't work out, but the other three did. Um, so, so eventually. <laughs> Noah did come through. Misawa, the, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, came through to our little gym in, a, in APW. But um, not Kekadabashi, but still. It was just funny. Like, Kekadabashi's not wrestling here. Really. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah. So, I was, like I said, I was, like, pushing for Buddy Wayne and Corona Beers to come to APW 1997. So, rest in peace, Buddy Wayne, man. And, he, and looking down, he's probably just so proud of his son, Nick Wayne. Like I said, 16 years old. To do what he could do. He's a great athlete. He's a, he's a good look. He's uh, you know, tall, rangy. He's gonna fill out. He's 16 years old. Um, I can't wait to continue to watch his career develop because he's gonna be a good one. He's definitely gonna be signed to a major company in the future via WWE or AEW. Um, he's already gonna be he's already making his name all around the indies now, right? Um Game Changer Wrestling, which is a big indie. Like, he's going to be on the Hamstring Ballroom show. Like, oh, shit, that's awesome, dude. You know what I mean? Like, he's already probably going to be booked for that. So, it's just like, you know, he's getting booked all over. And it's it's going to be great. You know, I'm happy for that kid. And um, like I said, really, really enjoy his work. And I'm, I was really looking forward to this match. And now, longtime listeners of myself on the Fight Game podcast, Know that, you know, when we would cover AEW and it came to a Joy Janela match, I wasn't really that complimentary, but, you know, I'm always keeping an open mind. And people raving about this match, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. And what I liked what Defy did when they put this match on YouTube, they just throw the match up before the bell or as the bell rang. It's like they gave some history with what happened earlier or the month, month prior, on October 29th. That was the day of the show. Um, and my birthday and they showed Nick Wayne wrestling someone and he was standing in the ring and all of a sudden, uh, Joey Janela came on the big screen for the promo. And in this promo, he's, he's, he's saying like, you know, he's going to smash Nick Wayne. He's going to, you know, Nick Wayne's not going to see 18 after he's done with them. Right. So I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. Let's see what's going to happen here. Uh, Nick Wade comes out. He gets a big reaction. Crowd loves him. I mean, they're insane for this kid. This kid's over big time. 
they're chatting Nick fucking Wayne. I'm just getting a giggle out of that because the kid's 16 years old. Janela comes out and he gets a good reaction. You know, of course, not the reaction that the local kid does, right? But it, it's a good reaction. And I'm ready to see what's going to happen here. You know, I want to see Janela start healing on this kid, get some, get some heat, build that sympathy for Nick Wayne, all that. But we didn't get that. Now, I'm not going to go through this whole match, you know, move by move, minute by minute. So overall, after I watched this, I thought, you know, it was a good indie match. A typical indie match that I've seen all over the place. Same stuff, big moves, bunch of false finishes, uh, matches coming to a halt, double downs, multiple double downs, multiple strikes in the middle of the ring, multiple super kicks back and forth, uh, V triggers, you know, the whole deal. Dive outs, the whole deal. We, they, you know, what we see everywhere. And that's what we got here, right? And I'm not knocking the match, but I thought it was a big waste of opportunity, especially for Joy Janela to get that heat, man. He had a layup here with this crowd, being so hot for Nick Wayne. It To be a heel here and get that heat would have been easy, but he didn't. It was, like I said, a typical Joey Janela match. A lot of big moves, a lot of head dropping, a lot of, um, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of, you know, reckless dives and bumps. That was, you know, what you see at most Joey Janela matches. And that's what, and like I said, that's what we got here. And I was just so disappointed. Especially at that promo. Like, the promo, they showed it, you know, it sets up what's going to happen in the match, right? And it, it, it was far from what? what Joey Janela said in that match, right? Unless you want to count, like, Packers pile drivers in the middle of the ring. Like, no, man. Like, do something really vicious. And, like, ran that kid's shoulder into a ring post. You know, work on that arm. Lock in an arm lock. Give a damn shoulder breaker on the floor. Give him a, put the arm behind his back and body slam on the floor. Then do it in the ring and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, you keep... Working on that arm till it's like a freaking just hanging noodle on that kid, and you know, lock on a standing arm bar with like like Ole Anderson would do, and crank on that son of a bitch. Look like like he was gonna like Ole Anderson looked like he was gonna rip Ricky Morton's shoulder out of his socket. Like George Nell should be doing that to to Nick Wayne, and but he starts to match off with a handshake, and I'm like, dude, what if? Gary Hart is with Abdul the Butcher, right? And he's cutting a promo before his match. And he's like, Kerry Von Eric, Abdul the Butcher, baby, is going to go out there and he's going to shred you up. He's going to destroy you. Your family's going to be crying. You know, the fans are going to, Texas are going to be crying. You're going to be a bloody pulp. The good looks are going to be gone. He's going to carve you up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, Abdul Butcher comes out there and they lock up, right? Like who, who? <laughs> it just doesn't. It, 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 people be furious, right? Or it just wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't look right. Same thing here. Like, like I said, it just end up being the uh, a match I've seen Joe Janelle have many a times. And I know like a lot of people are praising this because Joe Janelle was supposed to win, and and he, during the match he decides that he's gonna lose and put this kid over, right? And yay, great for him, but. And great for Nick Wayne, really, but, 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 
dude, you could have got so much heat on Nick Wayne, and the crowd would have just been eating it up, would have hated you, you know. And instead, like I said, you had your typical match. And, you know, Janela's heat, it's not the good. It's not good at all. It's slow. It's lethargic. He doesn't understand how to change gears. Very indie shit right here. You know, not not for a guy that you expect to know what he's doing. And he just doesn't. Um, the punches look like crap. The, the overuse of the leg slap for every damn strike. You know, and it's obvious too. Like, just complete obvious he's slapping the leg. And it's just... Each time he does does it, it gets less and less of a reaction. That's why the guys in the past would do that big, loud noise when it meant something. One time, maybe twice at the most, right? But no, if you do it like 10, 12 times, it's less and less going to mean anything. You're going to get less and less of a reaction. And sure shit did here, right? Um, there was some cool stuff in the match. I thought that I when Nick Wayne did that. Great Sasuke Space Tiger drop and 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 Janela caught him and did a great base for him there and spun him around and Nick Wayne hit the DT. I thought that looked awesome. But at the same time, Nick Wayne got to just pull up Janela and throw him back in the ring and go for that big pin. One, two, ah, kick out. Instead, Janela was dead on the floor and Nick Wayne just took forever to put him back in the ring. And if I he does and and Janela does a slow like rollover, and by the time that happened, the crowd already knew, you know, it's not, it's gonna, Nick Wayne's not gonna win here, no matter if he covers him or not. So they were out of it, and then they started exchanging big moves. And at one point, Nick Wayne hits a poison Rana, and Janela bounces back to his feet like in seconds. It meant nothing, like it's just a waste of a move, and just, 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 just not good. Just not good stuff here. And, you know, like I said, like, God, Janela had a layup of easy heat from this crowd. They would have exploded big time if he would have got really good heat. They exploded. They, of course, they 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 gave him a good reaction when Nick Wayne won. But it would have been a better, a louder, a, 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 a building shaking pop if Janela would have done his, done his job correctly. And it just kind of came out of nowhere, the submission that Nick Wayne caught on Janela and you know they got a reaction but it just wasn't there it wasn't built to right like okay they I don't know when exactly he decided to put over Nick Wayne in the match I I, I assume that he decided to do a little you know before that finish not exactly before that finish but if he knew he's gonna go, like work your way to that finish right make that big comeback for Nick Wayne it was just a a, a short comeback and it you know it should have been bigger stop you know, doing the double downs and restarting the match, you know, like the match was front loaded with a lot of the big stuff. And as it kept going, it just kept getting less and less. It should be back loaded with the big stuff built to those big spots. Um, uh, Janela's just still poorly does not understand how to work in situations. Like, like at one point, Nick Wayne was going for someone on the top rope. And Janela is on his back. And he literally scoots in position like, you know, like, 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 obviously what he's doing, right? Not working into position, 
right? He just, you know, starts moving his body like a little worm. Okay, I'm ready. No, dude, work into position. Uh, at one point, the camera clearly catches him, and he did this a lot in this match, looking to where Nick Wayne was, looking up, like, where's he at? Where's he? Okay, cool. Then he starts selling again. Like, dude, work as you're looking or trying to find someone. You, can, you, you should know how to do this by now, right? You should. You know, don't, don't be obvious, lift your head up and look around. Where's he at? You know, look or in the corner, look behind you. Where's he at? Like, no, dude, work, work, continue to work. It just, oh, it was driving me in fucking sane. And it's just like, I, I, you know, I, again, and I see this, I'm like, why do people think this guy is so great? Why do they praise his work? I praise him as a promoter. I don't praise him in the ring. And he proved me again this match. Because a good worker would understand, like, okay, this kid is super over, right? I'm going to go out there and get the most heat I can on this kid, and I want to get that sympathy. Like, how do you not have that mentality? Maybe he did, but he doesn't understand how to do it, right? Me, he thinks he does. Um, and I don't know what the bookers at Defy told Janela before. Um, I've made this mistake before, and I never would make it again. It happened earlier on when I was booking wrestling. Um, I had a veteran that because he was a veteran i was like you know what he knows what to do and they had their match it wasn't what i envisioned happening it wasn't what i thought he would understand how to what to do with the match and instead of being upset with him though i did talk to him about it like why didn't you go this way about it but i really put the heat on myself because i should have i should have been the one that gave that that wrestler the direction but i just assumed because he's a veteran he would know the situation that you know how to work this certain match with this certain individual and again so future bookers out there or current bookers now like always don't take nothing for granted always just give your direction right always give give them what you want because don't assume that they know what they're doing because just because they've been wrestling for X amount of years, right? So so I, I don't know if that happened here. If they said, okay, you know, yeah, just go out and do your thing, you know, like and you're going over Janela and and a, you know, instead of like, God, they, they how did anyone not I mean, I saw right away like this crowd, even in that clip from the show before, you could tell the crowd's like really hot, right? And and kids local, they love this kid. Go for it. You know, go for that heat. And they they didn't. So again, it was a good typical modern day indie match we're gonna see on every indie, all you know, any show all around the United States today. Um, what made it stick out was this crowd. That was the MVP, the Defy crowd really made this match. Um, you know, really made it over the top as like bigger than it actually was. You know, this match happens and you know, anywhere else is not gonna get the same reaction, and and it's gonna overstay its welcome, as as someone said. So it's it, it's just um like I said, a missed opportunity from Joey Janela and from Defy. I thought because man, that would have been awesome if if Nick Nick Wayne was actually working with a heel that understood what to do and the situation he was in and that crowd like. That's a good worker, man. A good worker goes out there and listens to that crowd. And under he, any good worker would understand that this kid is over. 
and I'm as a heel, I'm going to do everything I can to get that sympathy. And you already talked about it, like you're going to beat this kid's ass, and you go out there and just have the typical match. So disappointed myself. Like I said, I really like Nick Wayne, and I just definitely can't wait to see what he does next and keep on improving and, and continuing on to his. I, I believe he's going to be a great one. I just hope he stays injury-free. I hope he doesn't, you know, cuts down on the big bumps and just, you know, because he has a lot of career left. So let's not waste that bump card too early. We'll get back to the show in just a minute, but I wanted to let everyone know about Fight Game Media Network Plus. If you enjoy the Fight Game Media Network, check out Fight Game Media Network Plus at patreon.com front slash fight game media. We have three specific Patreon only shows and we'll soon have monthly bonus content from the show you're listening to right now and it's just five bucks a month so if you want to support your favorite podcast on the network go to patreon.com front slash fight game media and you'll get more content than you can shake a stick at um next up let's talk about mlw that this show took place on thanksgiving and i didn't get a chance to talk about the show last week, I was planning on to talk about MLW's War Chamber match um, last week. But, of course, the releases talk just went a little too long. So, I didn't get a chance to talk about it. So, I did some you know tweeting about it, my thoughts. And the War Chamber match was just a big bust. It was a bore fest. And, you know, one of my good friends is in it, Jeff Cobb. And it was still boring to me. You know, it just it just... Because it's a 16 by 16 ring in the, in the cage with 10 people ass to ass, and you know, or they're just laying around and hugging a corner while two or three guys did their spots. And you know, they're trying to do this big old dissension between Contra, and that didn't come off. And the you know, the crowd, I can't tell the crowd either Mike crowd's Mike wrong, or they just the crowd's not into it, or it's just a long taping. I think they are long tapings, and they're just tired it felt like this show too is well coming up so you know it was a bust more chamber so i'm like okay let's let's give mlw another shot then i see it's a freaking five-way uh excuse me a four-way ladder match or what is it one two three four five yeah five-way ladder match for the vacant open weight championship and i'm like oh no not a ladder match in a 16 by 16 ring I already know we're going to get here, and sure enough, we got it, and it wasn't that exciting. But uh, we'll we'll get to that match soon. Um, the opener was Calvin Tankman versus TJ Perkins. This is the semifinal of the Opera Cut Tournament. Now, it was me. You have this open weight title that's vacated. Why don't you just make the winner of the Opera Cut the champion, like as a like an added bonus to the tournament winner, right? Like you announce it before the semifinals or whatever, and do it that way instead of just a clusterfuck ladder match. Um, Calvin Tankman versus TD Perkins. Tankman's a gimmick, big guy, you know, moves well. Um, they kind of always compare him to Bam and Bigelow. Let's not get crazy here. But, you know, he's a young kid, and and uh, he has he has something. Yeah, he has a, a, a unique charisma about him. Uh, could have more fire. He needs more fire. That's what I want to see from him. Uh, TJ Perkins, you know, you, you, you've seen TJ, you've seen them all, you know, this, you know, good technical wrestler, uh, no facials, um, 
you know, he he's, he sometimes he has good matches, sometimes he has boring matches. You know, you just never know. But this match here was a bust, big time bust. Um, what they're trying to do, it, they're if the goal was to get heat on T.J. Perkins or Alex Kane, who came out and to distract Calvin Tankman. It, they failed because all the heat went on the referee, and the referee was Mike Keener. If you remember Mike Keener from ECW, he would be the referee that would do the dive out and all this bullshit. And God, he's a drive me nuts in the early 2000s. And sure, and sure as shit, he's horrible here. Same. And like at one point, there's some interference or, you know, Inter- yeah, there's interference by uh, Alex Kane and his bodyguard on Tankman. There, you know, Alex Kane's this American Top Team guy, amateur wrestler, you know, suplex machine guy, guy, and he's suplexing the big Tankman on the floor. And T.J. Perkins like grabs the referee, turns him over, and starts pointing over to some cr- fan of the crowd. Like that guy's talking trash, and the referee's like looking over and just look and just look like a total idiot. And so, like I said, there's no, you're trying, they're trying, they think they're getting heat. No one's getting heat, but the referees for being an idiot. And then the finish is Tankman is pulling on T.G. Perkins, who's holding on to the middle rope turnbuckle pad. And of course, Tankman pulls him, you know, the deal, the turnbuckle pad comes off, the turnbuckle is exposed. The T.G.P. has a, the, the turnbuckle pad in his, in his hands. The referee comes over and he gets turnbuckle pad from T.J. Perkins. And he looks at someone at ringside and he's arguing with this per- whoever it is. And he's telling them to take this turnbuckle pad and get out of the ring. And he's like, and it's going forever. Like, dude, the referee looks like a total idiot. Like, just throw the fucking thing out of the ring and continue to referee. That's what a referee should do. That would be what more realistic. Not yelling at some, you know, stagehand to do something with this, with this turnbuckle. It was ridiculous. Of course, you know, Tankman takes the bump into the, you know, exposed steel of the turnbuckle, and TJ Perkins goes and wins. And But the only person that got heat on that deal was the referee. So whoever fucking agent this match, my goodness. And just Keener just not a good referee in the middle of the match. Uh, TJ Perkins gets a standing octopus hold on Tankman. And... You know, Tankman's on his feet while, while uh, you know, T.J. Perkins has an octus hold. And I shit you not, Keener, referee Mike Keener, is behind them. You know, only can only see if, the only way he can see Tankman tapping out, if he taps out with his uh, 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 left arm, right? If he... That's the only hand he can see. He can't see his right arm. He can't even see if he verbally taps. You know, he's completely out in the wrong position. And I'm just like, what the hell? Get in the correct position, referee. You, oh my God. He's the shits. He is, it is, this is horrible. I just couldn't believe this made air. I wouldn't even air this match. It was so bad. I mean, at the end of the day, if anyone thought this was good in the back, if you know, the bookers cannot think this was good because because the only person that got heat in this situation was Mike Keener. It was so frustrating. Next match was uh Gnarls Garvin versus Bud Heavy. 
And Norm Scarver is a guy I've been watching for a while in the Indies. Uh, big kid, big tattoo on his chest, built like Terry Gordy. A lot of potential, a lot of raw talent. Um, really needs to be with a good trainer, you know. Like, I think someone that really can fine-tune him to really get get the best out of him because he is raw, but he's a big pickup from MLW. That's that's what they need to do. They need to go out and find good young talent that they can build around. Um, and, and, you know, like a Hammerstone, right? A guy on the indies that wasn't on a lot of people's radar, but they got him and built him up as their guy. You know, they're trying to do that now with Alex Kane. Um, you know, MGF, they tried that, but of course, MGF got signed. You know, like, you know, just try to build some local talent. You know, the Von Eric kids, you know, like they did, you know, so I think Narles Garvin is a good signing, but he's, you're going to have to put him in good workers. Now, here, it was a quick squash, good get over match here. Uh, but heavy, but heavy's a, God, he's a this fat guy, but he bumps so good. He would be, he should end up being like a lovable jobber, right? Like, you know, when I was growing up, you know, the they were called preliminary wrestlers. I didn't know what a jobber was or, you know, carpenter, whatever you want to call them, enhancement talent. I didn't know who, you know, those terms, but I just knew them as preliminary wrestlers. So me and my buddies, when we would talk wrestling and we, we, we love to talk about the preliminary wrestlers. We, I, you know, I had my favorites, Larry Santo and um, Chris Sullivan, Bob Cook, Pat Rose, uh, later the gambler. A lot of people love the gambler. Um, you know, just, just, just good guys that always took a good beating. Right. And got over the, the stars. Um, you know, Barry Horowitz, Steve Lombardi, you know, those guys, Mike Sharp, Jim Powers, like just, we always loved those preliminary. Ron Cumberledge was my, t- Tom Caster's, one of his favorite was Ron Cumberledge. I thought that guy was going to be a big star. I remember we would, oh man, I used to, one of my favorite things that Tom Caster and I would, he was referee for NXT now, but we would just talk wrestling and we would, I mean, we go hours on preliminary wrestlers and you know so we always we always we always would say where did they wrestle when they weren't on tv losing to the stars right well i want to see those shows see how they did there and um so bud heavy reminds me of that i would i don't like the name bud heavy it's too goofy too comical but if he had like a, a normal like bud something else you know and cut back on the over the top comedy facials like just don't be like for him, I say, don't be a big, don't try to be a character. Like, just be the a, a job guy. Just be the, that's your job. Your job to get over these guys. And don't be an overtop, like, make the fans love you for being a lovable loser, right? And then you can start, you know, building your character. And then maybe, like, you start, you can see the fans really get into this butt-heavy guy. And then he pulls an upset over... Uh, some heel, some mid-card heel, not no one big, but someone that, you know, get a nice little reaction to. And then you can kind of build up Bud Heavy as a character. But I love the bumps this guy takes for his size, you know. I think he's he's great there. But he needs to cut back on those over-the-top comedy facials, just like, you know, that stuff I just can't stand. You're just making a joke at what the guy is doing to you. Like, you're supposed to get your ass kicked, and you're acting like, oh, it hurt me. Like, no, dude. 
sell, like you're really getting hurt, put this kid over. Um, and it's a get over match. Like I said, it's a quick match. Um, you know, Gnarls does this thing where he he kind of bulldozes in and starts throwing these wild hands. And I think he's trying to be Stan Hansen, like Hansen would come in, but he doesn't understand that Hansen was like measured with those punches. Like it was coming fast, but he was, it was, you know, it was, I want to say, it was cleaner than one of these guys. These guys are just being wild, not really connecting. Hansen's just, he's being wild, but he's connecting, right? Because he's, he's really wild, but in control. This one just looks like a lot of out of control throwing. And it's not, like I said, not really looking that impressive because he's missing most of the time. So I think he needs, it would work on that. Like I said, he, I would definitely, if I'm MLW, send this kid out to, to someone he can work with and just in between the tapings, like, dude, go see Tom Pritchard, go see Promise Thomas, go see, you know, any credible teacher of, uh, of talent. And, you know, that's what I would do. If it, cause it, you know, I, like I said, I think this kid has a ton of potential. I would love to see the same thing with this kid. You know, if it's me, I would send him promise Thomas, you know, I would be like, okay, you're going to go with promise Thomas. And for two weeks, you're going to, you know, train with this guy. He's gonna get you ready for what I want and what's going to be beneficial for you. And, you know, I'm 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 gonna keep watching MW just for him. I, I I really like what I see with him, and I want to see his growth. And we'll see, we'll see if he can get there. You know, and it all depends who he works with. And I think they they they're smart, and they put him with some veteran guys and get him ready. He'll be there. He cut a promo after the match. It wasn't that good, so I would have kept it. He came out there after the match on the rampway. Alicia Atut came out, and she's interviewing uh, Narls. He's just. He takes the mic from her, sends her off, right? And he's, he's it was okay, but it needs more focus. I would have done a pre-tape or what I would have done. Like, I think the idea was like him shooing off Alicia too. It's kind of like Stan Hansen shooing out um, Missy Hyatt in like Super Brawl 91 when she was trying to get the locker room interview back when it was like a controversial thing when women were interviewing athletes in the NFL, right? And they, they, a woman reporter got kicked out, and that was a big drama. So, you know, WCW tried to play, did take off that with Missy Hyatt. So I would have done the same thing with, like, Gnarls, like in that locker room. And Lisa Tuke trying to get in there, and and he just kicking her out. Get out of here, woman, you know? Like, you know, because he's, like, from the – he's, like, white trash south you know brawler guy and you know and she could be all upset about it i don't know i i would have i would have done a pre-tape because it would have been it would have been you could get over his personality with him, quickly with him not having to cut a big old promo it was like get out of your woman ah, you know being yelling and looking wild and crazy so that's what i would have done um now let's get to this main event <laughs> ladder match five way it was alex shelley zen she myron reed ACH, who was the mystery guy, and Alex Kane. And <laughs> this is another boring match, honestly. It was, you know, I'm like, I like Alex Shelley's work. I'm like, dude, why is he in a ladder match? I, I'd rather see him in a regular match, you know? And, and there was, there was a couple, maybe one or two creative spots, the ladder, something that I haven't seen before. Like, there's one spot where Myron Reed, he goes for like a springboard cutter off the ropes, and when he he 
gets, I think, I forget who he gets with the cutter. But as he's coming down with the cutter, they someone slides a, the t- uh, the ladder in, a ladder in, and he crashes on the ladder as he delivers the cutter as well. So he's taken out. That that was pretty creative. But other than that, it was just meh. The finish kind of came off like a blah, and that was exciting. Um, Alex Kane just ends up walking up, grabbing the belt. Like, there was no big old moment at the end, you know, where, like, someone's he's fighting with someone on top of the ladder to get the, you know, no drama there. It just wasn't dramatic at all. And <clears throat> so, you know, two gimmick matches in a row for LLW on the two TV shows in a row, and it was just kind of flat. And um, a little more exciting than the, than the War Chamber match, but also just missing something missing the missing missing just the big moment or, or you know like i said i think it would have fit well with the opera cup for if you're gonna crown a <clears throat> vacant open weight champion so that was mlw um we'll see what's coming up next week and what they're building to of course they have a big taping in january so they're building up to the in dallas and they're building up the von eric brothers challenging for a title first time in 40 years since the von eric has challenged for a title in dallas that's they're really trying to um use that as an angle maybe we'll get some local press i don't know how much the von eric name even means as much in dallas anymore but maybe get some local press out of that deal with that so you know you know mlw i'm rooting for them because you know more place to work for the better for the talent in my opinion um they did they did uh, come out with the open door policy which to me just means you know, free agent, <laughs> free agent, one-off stuff, uh, which kind of disappointed me. Like they're not going to sign anyone, you know, like, so obviously, you know, the, the contracts aren't as high there, but for, which is, you know, that's what they got to focus on. Like I said, getting the young guys like Gnarls, Gnarls Garvin and Alex Kane and guys on the come up or, or, or looking to make waves and that can get their feet wet on television with, with MLW and figure out how to work on a television production with cameras and a hard cam and all that stuff, get himself ready and get himself seen for AW or WWE. So we'll see how that goes in the future. Um, so like I said, I, I caught up on NXT UK. They had a show on Thursday, but I missed a show the week before. And I'm so bummed I did because the show was so great on this show took place on November 18th. Um, and they had three really good matches. And I love NXT UK. I, you know, I've talked about it a lot on this show. It is just a good wrestling show. I'm not saying it's perfect because there is stuff on there that's just, I like roll my eyes big time with. Like the, uh, I've mentioned this before, Isla Dawn's Wiccan Witch stuff and her Hocus Pocus. Like, I don't know what WWE's fascination with Hocus Pocus is, but like, dude, like, I don't want to see it here. Like, this is the wrestling show of your brand. It used, it used to be NXT as well, but that's that's all wacky right now. But NXT UK still has that wrestling show. It's all about championships. It's all about contenders for those titles. They do have some grudges, but you know, it's about the good wrestling. And this show had really good wrestling on november 18th the opener was sam gradwell one of my favorites in nxt uk versus a kid another favorite of mine there i love watching these guys work sam gradwell in my opinion should be a superstar on the main roster 
not just an NXT UK. I'm talking about the main roster on a Raw, on a SmackDown, headlining a pay-per-view in the future. This guy checks all the boxes. And if WWE wasn't in this weird, cloudy situation they are currently with when it comes to talent, like they would see right under their noses is a guy that could get over to the masses, you know, stone cold level, rock level. I'm talking about major star here. That's how I've passionate I feel about Sam Gradwell. He, like I say, checks all the boxes, the look, the size, the promo, the work in the ring. He has that great voice. He's from Blackpool. Just a great. And he has a great catchphrase. You know, I know catchphrases are kind of like, okay, everyone has a catchphrase. But, like, you know, he calls people yogurts. It's just like, he's freaking awesome. What a character. What a ball of energy. He comes out. His nickname's the Thunderstorm. He causes chaos. He causes, he's loud. And he's just, oh, he comes in and you can just hear him come in a room. He commands that screen. Like I said, it has an awesome look. He's chiseled. He has this funky mohawk shark fin deal on his top of his head. It's unique. It's different. It makes him stand out than a normal ball-headed guy on a wrestling show. Like, And he can talk his ass off. And it's and with that accent and man he is just has it all i'm telling you even in xt uk i wish they would push him more and he's featured a lot he gets and he honestly loses a lot more than he wins usually his, his deal is he gets in there and he's like <laughs> talking trash with someone and they end up having a match uh, and he ends up either you know winning a couple but losing those feuds and stuff earlier in the year he had a great program with Ilya Dragunov building up Dragunov to Walter they had one of the best anything goes kind of matches I've ever seen it was just awesome in in March of 2021 so go back watch that match it is tremendous um and he's he can be a great baby face right he's one of those heels that you just love and you want to see him turn and here they started that. And I'm going to talk about these, these two shows together. So the opening matchup was him and A-Kid. And this match was great. Great wrestling. Hard-hitting wrestling. You know, you had the technical stuff with, with A-Kid, who's the best, in my opinion. I know Zack Sabre Jr. gets all the praise. And he's he's really good. Trust, don't, don't get me wrong. He's really good. But A-Kid just does, like, these little things he's like a classic baby face too he's like an updated version a more charismatic version of bob Backlund, like the classic wrestler that classic baby face but he has like you know bob Backlund, which i love bob back i love bob Backlund matches um but you know he had that goofiness the how you do look kind of look right but like but a kid has that it could looking kid could work but he doesn't He's not a white meat bay face kid, right? He's like, he's just a, he fights you, he's scrappy, his kicks look great, his strikes look great. Um, and he had that with Gradwell's power and his cunningness and his ferociousness. Um, it was a great mixture. And now I already know 
what's going to happen the next show. Like I saw the with the main event, like the, you know, because I'm watching the Peacock Network and they have like the icon of what's coming up next. And I see on the November 25th show that's going to be uh, Noam Dar def- defending the Heritage Cup against Sam Gravel. So I'm like, okay, Sam Gravel's probably going to win this matchup. So I got I, I felt like I was getting spoiled here, but then A Kid wins. I'm like, wait a second, next week. Gradwell is wrestling on Dar for the title. I saw the 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 picture. Like that, unless that's wrong. So it, it was it was weird. Like because if he's gonna challenge the title, when he win? And that this is something I never seen NXTK do. Right? If you're challenging the title, you usually earn a title shot. So what happened was later on, Gradwell they come, he's in the locker room. You know, towels over his head, and and he's just like pissed off for losing because you know the thunderstorm he's just upset and here comes noam dar here comes sam shaw and they're just razzing this dude about losing right and you know grad will have some words with them and they run off like ah, ha, ha, you know they laugh it off and so I'm like, okay, great. This is going to be a babyface turn for Gradwell. You know, he definitely needs it because, you know, since his return, he's been a heel. And he, like I said, lost most of the, the fuse he's been in. So I think a, that's a good time for his babyface turn in this in this brand. And so and we'll talk about what happens next week. So I'm like, okay, well, how do we get to that title match? We just lost this match. A kid. But I have faith in the booking of NXT UK. I have faith in Shawn Michaels. And I... I there has to be a credible reason why this happens. Um, next matchup was Kenny Williams and Saxon Huxley. Saxon Huxley's this big guy. He looks like looks like a like a, a what is it? A, God, why can't I freaking think about it? a little Bruiser Brody ish? But uh, Rasputin. That's what he looks like. Rat, you know, the character Rasputin, the long long hair, the beard. But he's you know six foot five and he's a wild man. He's he's wild like Brody like esque like he comes out or berserker esque. Yeah, just loud, crazy, full of energy, all over the place. And he's been featured as a babyface, and he was a heel for a while. And then, but he's like a, a lovable big monster guy, right? And he's talented as hell. He's just moves so great for that size. Um, and he's wrestling Kenny Williams. And th- you talk about, I talked about earlier about being open-minded. And Kenny Williams was a guy on the NXT brand. I was like, every time he's on my screen, I'm like, oh, turn the channel. I'm just waiting for his match to end, right? Um, but eventually, the whole story with him and Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams turning heel on his partner, Amir Jordan, like, it was really good storytelling. And, dude. Kenny Williams is one of the best heels in the business. Best, one of the best smaller heels. He's a small guy, but he is freaking fantastic, dude. He knows how to work like a heel. Um, Norm Dar is same, like smaller heel, but they understand how to work a like heel. They, when it comes to like this, like this should be Norm Dar and Kenny Williams should be studied by the Young Bucks. Should study them how to work like a heel. I've said this before many times. Young Bucks. They play heel. They understand how to work as heels. These guys do. Like, they are just sensational. You really want to reach that television and knock these guys out, right? And he was fantastic here. Taking big bumps. And finally, he got control. He's just really getting some heat on Saxton. Just 
great freaking stuff. They've been building him up since his heel turn. And I can't – they already had a match, actually. Noam Dara and Kenny Williams was a really good match, but I want to see him have a match again. It, it just just – Two great heels. And that's what I love about NXT UK. Like, they'll, they'll throw out a heel versus heel match, and it's really well done. Um, the main event, quickly on this show, was Gallus, which is Wolfgang and Mark Coffey versus T.O. Man and Rohan Raja. Great tag team match. Really good tag team match. Gallus is a really good working tag team. Uh, big powerhouse guys that can move. Tio Man and Raja really make a good team. I really like this. This was a good quality tag match. Good work, work tag team. If you like good tag team wrestling, this was pretty good. Um, but a shock of all shocks. Out from behind, through the crowd, Charlie Dempsey attacks uh, Joe Coffey, who's at ringside you know, with the Gallus boys. And out of the blue, really. I know there was some disrespect from Gallus because Gallus, you know, they're just big talking Scottish boys, right? They're just, they just, they're just loud. And, but they're baby faces now, really, I, I guess, you know, like they, they've been, you know, feuding. Um, they're feuding with uh, Teal Man and them and stuff like that. So they were baby faces here. And, and, but, you know, I think they, a, a few weeks ago, they did kind of interrupt the Charlie Dempsey, interview and he took a little you know he was a little disrespectful with that so i guess that's where he got his revenge but he ends up joining with teal man and rohan and really unique and bizarre out of nowhere kind of turned shocking because like i said it was so out of nowhere um because i thought they were really building up charlie dempsey as this you know sweet science worker you know he is the son of william regal um but he's he's they 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 talk about it, but they don't say it, which I hate. I wish he was just Charlie Regal or something, but um, but you know they're weird with that. And, and he's good; like, there's no need for him to be like hiding himself to, you know, not to live in his dad's shadow. Like he he's he's a good talent. So um, yeah, that was a shocker. So you know that was like I say, really good show. Three really good matches. There's a couple of women's matches. Uh, and the show, and that's kind of like the actually NXT UK has a good women's division, but some of the some of it, it's just some of the women are just not good. They're they're doing this thing with Zaya Brookside as a heel, and she's a privileged because her daddy's Robbie Brookside is a trainer in NXT, so she feels she's privileged, and she's just not convincing as a heel. She's better at that as that cute underdog, babyface, and you know as a heel, I, I just feel she's playing heel, right? She's acting. She, I don't feel it. She's is a. You don't feel it within her. Um, quickly, let me just kind of before I don't want to go too long with this show, but you know, the the, the Thanksgiving NXT UK another great show. Um, two matches I really want to point out. First, Jordan Devlin versus Mark Andrews. Really good match. Really good modern wrestling match. This is the great. This is what modern wrestling should evolve be evolving to, right? You could do with all the big moves. You could do all that, but still sell, still register, still bid over what you're doing, right? Yeah, and and that's that's what I thought like with the Nick Wayne and George Nellon match, like they would do a lot of big stuff, but the selling wasn't that long and and you know, like I said, like they hit a poison rana in 
in um, the Janela match, which Janela was on his feet like soon after being hit with it. Here they hit a Poison Rana as well that ended up into Poison Rana up into a Code Red, which is a great false finish. But they also sold after it. Like it wasn't, you know, it was a big boom, boom, right? And it was awesome. But they sold after. They didn't just pop up and do a billion other things. Um, the only thing about the Poison Rana I didn't like, it took too long to set up. So it's like, you know, I'm not a big fan of that move, especially off the top, because it just takes too long to set up. And you can just total guys get in their position. And they should because it's a fucking dangerous move. But it, just don't do it because it takes forever to show up. It takes forever to to set up it just looks fake right so but other than that this match is great devlin is just looking insane right now like just getting adding size he's bulking up he just looks ridiculous i can't wait to whenever him and elia Dragonoff off you know go for that NXT uk title that match is going to be tremendous um but yeah this is definitely the match to watch i would definitely you know you should make it a point to watch this match and also the match uh, the week before with Sam Gradwell and A-Kid. And speaking of Sam Gradwell, so how they got into the NXT UK Heritage Cup match, it was okay, but I still don't like it. I'd rather have a guy win to get a title shot. You know, there's Gradwell should have won that match with A-Kid. But anyways, Gradwell came and was... Skid Scala, who's the acting general manager. Johnny Saint is the general manager. We haven't seen him for a while. Since the pandemic, right? So since they came back to these empty room and tapings, now they have fans there. But you know, Johnny Saint hasn't been around. He's an older guy. You don't want him around, right? You don't want him exposed and get him sick with COVID or something like that happens. Though their security is and and, and their, their protocols in the UK are very tight. London has very strict protocols on COVID. Um so but Sam Gravel comes to Sid Scala and he goes, you know, you know the right thing to do. This is, you know, this should make this make this a Heritage Cup match. This is, you know, trying to appeal. It's the, you know, I don't think he said Thanksgiving, but that's what I got from it. Like, hey, it's the holidays, you know, give the fans something special. And Sid Scala is like against it. And then Norm and then Norm Dar and Gravel show up and say, no, 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 we're not doing. And, and uh, sorry, Sam Shaw show up. And they're like, no, we're not doing a Heritage Cup title match. Well, he doesn't deserve it. But then Johnny Shane makes a surprise appearance and. And Johnny Saints, you know, everyone's happy to see Johnny Saint, but Sam Gradwell. Actually, everyone, all the heels are upset. I see Johnny Saint, but but uh, Sid Scala says, "Hey, we'll leave it up to Johnny Saint." Johnny Saint says, "All right, I say let's do it." And you know, Johnny Saint, the lovable legend, so they they make it a, a title match again. I wouldn't go that route. I'm not not a big fan of what they did. It wasn't that bad. But again, just give Sam Gradwell a win over A Kid and then do the match, please. Like, like, you know, they could have they, they could just have he still beat A Kid, the former Heritage Cup champion, and then grab and Norm Dark is still said, nah, we don't wrestle that guy. You know, or you could have played with it better. Um, but anyways, so that became the reason why the Heritage Cup match is taking place. And it was another good match. Just by the ring introductions alone man highlights what i just love about noandar as a heel like i said i want to reach through my screen and punch the his lights out he's so good you have growl be introduced and he just looks massive next to dar who's a smaller guy and he just looks great looks like a million bucks and then you have dar and that smile that 
cocky fucking smile on his face. And he starts doing these, you know, stretches as he's getting and he looks up at Gravel like, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm I'm the man. You know, and you just like fuck man, you want to see Gravel just kick the shit out of this kid. Man, great stuff. I love the heritage cut matches. Six three minute rounds. Uh, Gradwell got the pin. The first round, he got the pin with the uh, using his knee brace that because he you know he was out for like almost two years with a with a, a really bad knee injury. He's come back, so he always has that knee brace like the ones that Austin wore on his knee. And you know, like I say, when he he during his time off, he really. Reinvented himself, changed his look, got shredded, came back, total thunderstorm character. Just I mean, he's I just love this guy, man, for his hard work. His, you know, like I said, God, he should be a superstar right now. And he's there with WWE. He's contracted, man. Anyways, I'm not gonna continue on with that, but good match. Dar ends up getting the second fall, right? And oh, just good wrestling. I don't want to spoil the ending, but how how Dar gets the finish was just, just beautiful stuff, right? He understands. He's a he's a he's a he's a genius, and Grout was great and come out as the champions. And will Trent Seven turn? They don't because Trent Seven has been obsessed with these tag team titles, but Bates been with them though. Bates down, but Bates at the time early on he was a heritage champion. But you could tell Trent was just been pushing in for the tag titles in a very subtle way. So uh, I think it's going to be an awesome turn if it happens. If it does, I kind of don't want them to break up because I kind of like the idea like just people were always friends and no matter what. So we'll see. We'll see if they go that way. And, and Trent Severn does need something different to do. And Tyler Bates, not the guy to turn heel because I think he's just a classic great baby face but trent seven can be you know, he's a great baby face himself but he could be a really good heel i think too so looking forward to that so again thank you thanks for being patient for the delay i hope like again once again i hope everyone had a happy thanksgiving and you know thanks again for supporting the show check me out on twitter laraka jl hit me up there give me a follow um send me what you want me to review what you want me to watch you know anything indie japan Classic match, whatever. I'm down to watch it. Uh, a, a show, a, a certain indie show out there you want me to watch. Um, I'll definitely cover it here. Yeah, I'll, I'll take requests. Yeah, no doubt, man. Come on, send me some stuff. I love it. Um, all right, guys. Everyone, have a good time. Have a good night. Be safe. Take care.